Hey everyone, welcome back. As we are picking up in our fundamental study, uh, we are going to be picking up in a new chapter, starting a new chapter today titled, Who is God? Uh, I hope you've enjoyed and really grown uh, in the first two chapters of really just unpacking the Bible, what it is, how to study it, how it was put together, how we know it's true, how can we, we can join the Holy Spirit in coming to see the Bible as true and see its effects in our lives. And so I hope that's really been beneficial for you and laid a great foundation for everywhere else that we're going to be going in this study. And that starts with God. Uh, there's one person from the front cover of the Bible to the very end who is consistently present throughout, and that is God. And so this is a great place for us to start as we actually start unpacking uh, the contents of the Bible and really start digging into fundamental, continue digging into the fundamentals of our faith as Christians and followers of Jesus. That starts with with really knowing who God is, uh, seeing who God is in Scripture. And kind of the angle we're going to take here in session one, this introductory introductory uh, kind of session here, is going to be looking at the names of God specifically. Uh, the names of God and and names really have a really thorough narrative all throughout Scripture. Uh, names aren't really just they're important all throughout Scripture, but they're not just important to God Himself. There, there's a lot of different uh, stories, a lot of different um, descriptions on names, different people who are impacted by their name or by names themselves. And scripture is just full of, of different ways that names come into effect, uh, good and bad, um, all throughout scripture. And just to, just to kind of try to provide a flyby of some, some ones that stick out to me, uh, in Genesis 2, one of the very first things that God equips a man to do is to name all of the animals. Man even names a woman whenever uh, God forms woman out of man. Um, and Genesis 11, the Tower of Babel, the reason behind the people wanting to build the Tower of Babel was to make a name for themselves, make a name for themselves. Um, you hear all throughout the New Testament, uh, whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. In Revelation chapter 20, I think it is, uh, whoever's name is not in the book of life, will be thrown into the lake of fire. Um, even within some of the New Testament writers, uh, you see Saul uh, in Acts chapter 9. Uh, his name is changed to Paul after his conversion through Jesus, through the Holy Spirit. Uh, Paul's given a new name. Uh, one of Jesus' disciples, Simon. Simon's name is changed to Peter, right? Like, and Peter is really a descriptive factor of how Peter is going to be used in Jesus' ministry while he's there and after he's gone, the rock, right? Um, and so names names are super important. That was a really general flyby. I encourage you uh, in your own time, man, try, try really digging into some of these stories of how names take on a different meaning and different effect all throughout Scripture. Um, but it's hard to find a book of the Bible that doesn't mention names, either a name of God, um, people trying to make a name for themselves, someone's name that was changed because of the change that occurred uh, in their soul. Um, how Philippians 2, that's another one that just came up, uh, the name that is above every other name. Um, so just names are a super important theme all throughout the Bible. 
and especially uh, when we're talking about God. And names, as, as far as God goes, really clue us in, give us an indication of his character, of his character. And and that's kind of different um, than probably our modern-day culture. Names are just kind of, you know, you might get a family name uh, that reminds you of, you know, an ancestor. You might uh, have a name that is is neat or seems really uh, uh, strong or professional or, you know, different different people are given different names for reasons far different than their character, right? Um, and so for us today, God, whenever we hear the name God, uh, a lot of different people have a lot of different conceptions and connotations that come with uh, the name God. To some, you know, there is a one true God. As us as followers of Jesus, we believe there is one true God. To other people, there are thousands of gods, lowercase g gods. Um, and, and to even some, there isn't a God, right? Like, there's some people who don't believe there's a God. And so this, this kind of name of God and the character that God has associated with his names uh, has, has been subjective to numerous generations and has been an ongoing debate and just challenge for us to wrap our minds around as people. Um, but a quote in your book there that I think was, is just so crucial behind this opening session is what A.W. Tozer says. Um, he says, The most determining fact about any man is not what he at a given time may say or do, but what he, uh, what he in his deep heart conceives God to be like. And so for us as followers of Jesus, we have to answer this question, or at least start to be, put uh, answers together to the question of who God is. And like I said, uh, we're, we're first going to take a look at his names because that gives a great, just a great overview of his character. But I encourage you, before uh, we move forward, either if you're listening to this podcast or you're in study, uh, think about the answer to that question on your own. Uh, I think there's great benefit in kind of seeing where you're at before we start moving forward. Uh, see what your baseline is right now of what your answer is for who God is or how have you found your answer to who God is. If someone came up and asked you that question today, kind of what would your answer be? What were some thoughts that go through your mind? So I encourage you before we get started to try to kind of come up with those, see what those are, and really flesh those out because uh, it'll be a great indicator of kind of where the Lord is leading you and growing you in your study of who God is. Um, so like we said, names are names are especially helpful uh, through the Bible to give us some context. Uh, they're often used, you know, to see somewhere where someone was from, right? Like Jesus of Nazareth. That was kind of part of his name. He's from Nazareth. Um, they spoke as to who they belonged to or even what their status was. And so for uh, all the times in the Bible, the characters of the Bible, their names are uh, really a part of their identity. Um, and this concept isn't, totally new to us, right? Like this concept of names helping clue us into uh, a character or an identity piece of the person is not new. And even in baseball, that's uh, baseball might be one of the easiest ways to see that through the different nicknames uh, people are given. Uh, your book kind of names a few, but like the wizard, Ozzie Smith was a longtime shortstop for the St. Louis Cardinals. He was given that nickname of the wizard 
because of the just like wizardry of defensive plays that he can make at the shortstop position and eventually would go on to be a Hall of Famer. Um, but the captain, right? Derek Jeter, longtime Yankee shortstop. He's nicknamed the captain because he was the captain during his really storied tenure in New York uh, as a Yankee. And uh, to this day, there hasn't been another captain named after Derek Jeter. I'm sure there will be one day. Uh, but at the time that we're kind of going through this, they have yet to name another captain. And so the the captain piece really described Derek Jeter's character, right? Like if you think of a captain of a team or in the military or whatever, you kind of associate some certain attributes to someone that might be given that name. And there's there's a whole there, – there's a, a laundry list of nicknames we could go through to kind of unpack that idea. Uh, but this is kind of the main idea behind um, some of God's names and, and the, the uniqueness about – uh, God's names are, he doesn't resemble humanity in the way of his name is kind of, he has a piece of that characteristic or he embodies that characteristic to a certain degree where where God has given his names and the names that describe him and clue us into part of who he is, whatever characteristic that name is pointing us to, he is that thing. He is the definition of what that is, um, and you'll see that as you as you go through uh, the the fundamental study. But God is these things, and that's important for us to remember that God is unique in His names because of the fact that He defines what these things are. God defines what these things are, and His names help clue us in to some of His character. Um, a lot of your time. And this first session was meant to be spent on really unpacking the names that you'll see there on page 49 of your journal. Because um, there's these are kind of the most popular names that we see God-given in Scripture, and especially those top three are probably used most often. Um, but this is a great tool. I really enjoyed just going through this myself personally, uh, understanding some of the context and descriptors that God has given and really see how God is these things, how God's character is put on display in the stories of Scripture. So as a, as you kind of think about going through this in your group, uh, after you kind of un- unpack why names are important and how we can see the importance of a name and how it clues us into God's character, really pick out maybe a handful of these scripture references and unpack the context behind the names because there are beautiful stories attached to each of the names God has given, some of the examples of the names God has given. And so I really encourage you to do that. A great resource for you if you're looking for, if this is really an interesting topic to you and you really enjoy unpacking God's name, seeing the different names God has given throughout scripture and how they relate to his character, there's a book, I'll link it uh, in the description uh, of the podcast. There's a book called Power, The Power of God's Names uh, by Tony Evans. It is a fantastic resource and really deep dives each of these names and gives you multiple, uh, where there are some, multiple uh, references in Scripture and really context to the name um, with some reflection questions and things like that. So really encourage that resource uh readily share that resource and if that's something interesting to you that'll be really good to go through on your own um what i do want to do in the remaining time 
uh, we have in just this first introductory session is walk through a couple of these names God has given. I won't through, walk through all of them because uh, this is a really great exercise to do on your own. But I do want to walk through a couple of them and kind of clue you into what I hope that you see through this exercise and the things that you can do uh, throughout this exercise. Um, with the first one being uh, Elohim, the first name that we get introduced to in scripture is Elohim, Genesis 1-1, uh, talking about in the, be- in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. Um, and it's interesting to note that obviously you think about uh, a way when you're trying to make a good introduction to someone, right? You think about like a firm handshake or uh, presenting yourself in a, in a good way. God's introduction to us uh, through his name is he introduces himself as Elohim, as a creator, as the complete unbreakable unity already of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and that he is taking place, uh, put establishing his role as creator. And I think really the, the key part of being introduced to God as creator from the jump is to see his transcendence, the quality of his nature and his character is transcendent. And really that, that word is just a big word that means God is distinct from everything else that he has created. He isn't categorized within his creation, right? Like he's not a tree, a river, uh, an animal, or anything else that exists as a part of creation does. He's lifted above and outside of it all. He's transcendent. Uh, even, you know, Paul talks about this in Romans 1 as the exist like the uh, the existence of creation itself serves as evidence pointing to someone who exists outside of creation, Romans one twenty. Um, we get immediately introduced in Genesis 1-1 to God's transcendent nature, that he is above and apart uh, from all of that he would create, but introduces himself first as creator. And so I just think that's so interesting that God is introduced as Elohim. And interestingly enough, uh, if you really deep dive uh, in your study of that, anytime Satan refers to God, he refers to him as Elohim. Uh, he doesn't refer to God as some of the relational pieces of himself that we'll, t- we'll touch on here in just a second because uh, Satan ultimately wants to try to define God himself. Uh, he wants to just see God as creator and nothing else. No authority uh, given to God as well. So just an interesting side note. If you ever start studying that on your own, uh, Satan always refers to God as Elohim. Um, next, we have uh, a really popular name, probably the most popular uh, among the study of God's names. And really, we'll see here in just a second how this name is kind of compounded with other words to give us even a deeper meaning, deeper description of God's character. Uh, and that is the name Jehovah or Yahweh. Um and that is that is probably one of the most uh, one of the most popular names given to God. And really, um, Yahweh is uh, the the Hebrew translation uh, from the Jehovah is an English translation, and Yahweh is the Hebrew definition of that. Uh, so really, Yahweh and Jehovah are the same name. But this essentially means without beginning or end, all present, all knowing self-existing self-revealing one right like and this is a this is a name that we see all throughout scripture um 
one place specifically, your your text re- uh, references Deuteronomy six four, um, which is a great great verse. But also in Exodus, uh, in the burning bush, chapter two, uh, this is the name that Moses sees God as that God is self revealing. He is self existing, uh, without beginning or end. Like this is who God is. The name of Yahweh, and this is a, this is a name that. Again, we'll see here in just a second that is attached to many other descriptors to really see how we can go even deeper into God's character through this name. Yes, he is self-existing. Yes, he is self-revealing. He is all-knowing, all-present. But then we'll see different flavors of that and some of the other names he's given. Uh, Next, we have Adonai in Genesis 15, uh, supreme and ultimate being. This is where... Uh, we really, Adonai is really the name for Lord, like the Lordship of God, how he is our master. Uh, and not just like our master is in, uh, has ultimate authority without any type of care or compassion. It's more of like an owner. Like if I own, so like talk, talk about a car, for example, I guess, uh, if I own my car, I'm, I'm going to maintenance it and take care of it to where, uh, it's provided, right? Like I'm going to make sure that it's oil is getting changed, that the tires are getting rotated, that um, it's getting inspections. I'm going to try to keep it clean. There's a sense of ownership there where I control where the car goes. I control how fast or slow or if it ever starts or stops. Um, but there's a sense of provision, protection, care that's associated with God's lordship. And so this is where we really see Adonai is that word that uh, really describes God as as our master, as our owner, as our Lord, the lordship of God. And interestingly, uh, Genesis 15, 1 through 2 actually shows this. But there are times in Scripture where, and this the book by Tony Evans talks about this, the power of God's names. Uh, so just kind of uh, uh, free advertising for that. But... Uh, Genesis 15, verse 1 and 2, you see Lord, where all the letters of Lord are capitalized, L-O-R-D, all of them are capitalized. And then you also see Lord, where just just L is capitalized, capital L, lowercase O-R-D, where you see the capital all capitalized, capital L, capital O, capital R, capital D. That is a name that is referring back to Jehovah, the name we were just talking about back to how God is one, how he is all present without end or beginning, self-existing. That is where you see Jehovah reference, where we see capital L, lowercase O-R-D, that is the true Lord meaning, the Lordship meaning Adonai. So where you see capital L, lowercase O-R-D, that is for the name Adonai. And so two different names there actually used in that same passage of Genesis 1, or excuse me, Genesis 15, uh, verse 1 and 2. Next, I want to just touch on, so I'll kind of just touch on and then stop there, some of these compound names uh, where you see uh, Jehovah Nisi, I believe is how that's pronounced, or Jehovah Jireh. So we have that similar, that, that familiar name of Jehovah, but then it's attached to another name, to give us kind of another layer in the onion of a deeper understanding of God's character through these names. And so in 
Exodus 17, 15 is where we get that first Jehovah compound name introduced. How Really, it talks about how God is our refuge, how he's our hiding place, our rest. And that this is actually one of the stories that I would encourage you to look at from a context perspective uh, in your groups. Uh, Exodus 17, that, that beginning of the chapter, is talking about how the Israelites are fighting the uh, Amalekites, I believe. And anytime Moses raises his staff in the air, the Israelites are gaining victory. And anytime Moses sets his, st- sets his staff down, the Israelites begin to be defeated by the enemy. And so it talks about at the very end of the, the, the battle after it's won, they talk about how the Lord is our banner. Is I think the, the, what the word is actually uh, used in Scripture. The Lord is our banner. He's just, he is the sign we look to for peace. Like they're talk- they were talking about the staff. That that staff reminds them that God gives them peace, that God is our rest and our refuge. So I just encourage you. Man, it, it highlights how, again, Jehovah is the first part of that, that he is self-revealing, self-existing, one God, all-knowing, all-present, but he is also in the kind of a deeper layer within that is he is our refuge and he is our rest because he is all of those things that Jehovah describes. He is also our rest, our refuge. So a great story there, great passage. Just see some context um, within Exodus 17. Another one, this is the last one I'll kind of touch on and then uh, let you go on your way, but uh, Jehovah Jireh, that's another kind of popular uh, name that's come up from a song. I think Brandon Lake sings it or Elevation Worship, but uh, Jireh. So the Lord is provider. He is sustainer sustainer of life and this is in genesis uh chapter 22 where uh abraham is going up on the mountain and god is telling him to sacrifice his only son right like again another name reference like back in in genesis um chapter 12 verse 2 abraham god tells abraham i will make your name great right like i will uh, make your descendants as, as numerous as the stars. I will make you into a great nation. But ultimately, I will make your name great, coming back to the name piece. Um, but he's going, you know, God's commanded him to go up on a mountain and sacrifice his one and only son, Isaac. And in the midst of, you know, God, him having to have total faith in God, God provides a ram caught in the thicket by its horns as soon as he's about to sacrifice his son. And that ram is used as a substitutionary sacrifice for his son. And on the mountain, Abraham names it uh, Jehovah Jireh. Like the God has provided. God provided a way uh, to spare his son. And God, Abraham relied on God to be his provider. And so again, because God is Jehovah, right? Like the one self-existing, self-revealing all-knowing, all-present, all-powerful God, he is able to be our provider. Like that is just a deeper layer of the Jehovah meaning. So this is just a taste of kind of what you'll be walking through in that exercise. But, man, it was it was great for me uh, as a reminder, excuse me, of some of God's character and to see God's character. And, again, to just harp on the fact that God d- doesn't just have a flavor of these characteristics or he doesn't just – resemble these characteristics in the way that Derek Jeter resembles a captain or Ozzie Smith resembles a wizard. 
It's that God is these things. God is our provision. God is our healer. God is our rest, right? Like God is supreme. God is all-knowing. He is one. Um, so I, I hope this is a great introduction for you. It's a, it's a flyby of who God is, but a great place for us to start uh, in, in what his names are. So excited for you as, you, as we kind of turn the page and start get looking at who God is. Uh, in our fundamental study, and I pray that this has been uh, a great reminder of just some of the fundamentals of our faith, and maybe you're someone who has been uh, beginning this journey of refining refining your fundamentals uh, as a follower of Jesus, but uh, praying for you and your groups as you take on the 242 Challenge, uh, and look forward to joining you next time.